Hi, good morning, Night Vale listeners, fans, owners, and future patrons. Yes, we said it, patrons. We are launching a Patreon. So we can do cool things like bring you more fun slash weird content and have some cash to pay our editors and mixers. If you were thinking I'd love to buy those Good Morning Night Vale hosts a beer or a froyo or two semesters of tuition at mortuary school. Now you can, but instead of beers and yogurt and embalming fluid, it's cash so we can use it to keep bringing you this show. We have great perks for our patrons, like ad-free episodes and exclusive backstage tour videos and pictures, including video from our recent trip to White Castle. It was fine. Totally fine. Plus, a bonus monthly fan zone only episode, bi-monthly live fan zones, shout-outs in the credits, recipes, and food recs from the cast. I, Hal Lublin, will make scones for you on the internet. Plus, monthly weird, personalized gifts and snacks delivered by mail from the cast. I have a lot of weird Night Vale shit in my house, and for the right price, it's coming your way. And the opportunity to be a guest on Good Morning Night Vale on the future episode of your choice. And more. If you love us or even just like us, check out our Patreon and keep our love alive with your sweet, sweet cash. Go to patreon.com slash goodmorningnightvale. That's patreon.com. Good morning, Night Vale. We are forever in your hearts. And in your earbuds. And in your bank accounts. It's fine. We We love love you. you. Life is like a box of chocolates. Unopened, dusty, and beginning to attract a lot of insects. Good morning, Night Vale. Hello. (laughs) I was looking at your faces. Don't you dare. I swear if this gets edited out, I will riot. Leave the pause in. Let everybody know that sometimes they have to see and hear how the sausage gets made. I'm Hal Lublin. I play Steve Carlsberg. And sometimes I have Carlsberg moments in real life. I'm Meg Bashwinner, and I play Deb, the sentient patch of haze, and I often have sentient patches of haze moments in life. (laughs) And I'm Symphony Sanders, and I play Tamika Flynn, and I most definitely have Tamika moments where I just go into a fit of rage and start attacking people. (laughs) Yeah. I'm a little distracted because right before we started recording, we were talking about putting toilet paper in the freezer. Yeah. And I was... I suggested it as a medical solution to an issue that you can sometimes have after eating a lot of spicy foods, and I was shunned by my peers. They were we, we were not we didn't shun you. Yeah. We questioned whether you were pulling a prank. Yeah. You, Symphony Sanders, you Hal Lublin, and Hal involved his wife to to <laughs> get in on questioning my authority on butt cooling. Well. Look, you should know you eat a lot of peppers. Yeah. And in our defense, this sounds a lot like something you don't do personally, but that you get somebody else to do, either because you know it'll be hilarious or because you want to see what will happen. <laughs> see? You're <laughs> laughing about it. I, I, when will you lift the veil and tell us that this is fake? Listen, if you listen to this show. It's I, not fake. <laughs> 
I mean, it's just putting toilet paper in the freezer. It's not like it's not like you're gonna. So I'm not like signing you up for a cult. This is a yellow deli special. No. <laughs> the fr- we'll freeze your toilet paper and bring it to you in a basket while we play dulcimer music. Also, women aren't allowed to look above ground level. <laughs> Would you like sourdough bread? The bread with is butter. really good. It's really good. Yeah, with butter. Also, here are five pamphlets. Well, anyway, let's get down to it. <laughs> we are not here to talk about our hot butts and the time that we, what we do. We are here to talk about Welcome to Night Vale because we are all in Welcome to Night Vale. We play char- various characters on that show and we have gone, we have t- undertaken the challenge of listening to every episode, episode by episode, and painstakingly taking apart uh, and delving into the finer details of this amazing podcast. Um, and now we're talking to you about it because we like it, man, and so do you. So let's talk about it. Yeah. This episode description, the Wallaby family successfully lobbies the school board to finally allow a computer in school to help their daughter, Megan, plus a concert from Dark Owl Records and Amnesty Day at the public library. So all of that and more. You know, uh, I'm trying to think of the correct way to say this. I feel like one of the strengths of Night Vale is that it connects with people who feel like they've been marginalized and have been marginalized by society. Um, wrongfully so. And I feel like this episode expresses really beautifully what would give people of all different kinds all around the world something to hold on to and and a reason why they love the show so much outside of just sort of what it is for craft, that they feel valued, that they feel heard and seen and and counted as a person in the world. Yeah, uh, because... uh I mean, I'm sure people have experienced this, especially in schools, not feeling like there is a place for them or they don't have the same access as other students do Mm -hmm. because of um, the way that they are in their life, that they were born, the way that they are in their life. Um, And that's not their fault. You know what I mean? Some things just can't be helped. And um, sometimes you need a little bit of assistance. And our dear Megan Wallaby... One of Meg's favorite characters needs a computer to communicate more Mm -hmm. fully. And I applaud Megan's parents for going to bat for that against like with the PTA, because, you know, the glow cloud is up there being like all hail the glow cloud and whatnot. And it's very difficult to get things through because people are spending so much time just like being brainwashed. Yeah, I, I definitely applaud Megan's parents for going there because, yeah, they, they're talking about the divisive meeting that's happening that's, like, ending in bloodshed and how the charter school will get the ramp because they're, you know, they're too afraid of this, that, and the other. So, yeah, they they really are. They, they're, like, walking into what could potentially be a nightmare. And they're actually – the school board allows – the glow cloud allows the computer to be brought in kind of without ceremony, uh, which is interesting. Yeah, and we get – we get to hear from Megan. I know it's nice. Yeah, it yeah. Is. I, I, this is one of my favorite episodes. I, I remember listening to it when it came out, and I was I was very moved by the sentiment of it and the content of it. Just yeah, I really appreciate the character of Megan Wallaby. I thought it's just it, I mean, there, she's had a lot of developments in 
future episodes where she's kind of she ages at a different rate and she eventually gets a body and things happen but i thought that this particular episode it's very sweet her story um and and really heartbreaking too because she yeah she has this beautiful dream that the computer helps her realize and that it's a world without bullying and it's a world where she's able to have a voice and it's it's just a dream (laughs) i love the computer voice too like i know it's like just one of those like programs that you just type in words and it like says it, but I like the way it says the words like big O treat. (laughs) (laughs) When I was in college, we, my roommate had a Mac. I did not. And you could, it would do speech to text. Yeah. So we definitely had a computer say things that that no computer ever needs to say. (laughs) Uh, Just filthy (laughs) <laughs> filthy things. But also, I remember uh, in high school, my dad got a sound blaster soundboard for his computer, and it came with a program called Dr. Spazzo. It had that voice, and it was a therapist you could talk to. No! And you would type stuff in, and then it would be like, uh, I used it. I was like having a tough time, but I was like, you know what? I might as well give it a try. How shot. do you feel about that? It's exactly how? that, yeah. <laughs> Tell me, why do you feel that way? And why is that? And tell me more. And when do you feel the way that you feel? Tell me, express yourself. Do you think you are angry? Like, the least helpful. It's like whatever you imagine the worst, least helpful version of of a therapist to be is what Dr. Spazzo was. But that voice is very, very funny. Dr. Spazzo went to upstairs medical school. Upstairs medical school? Another graduate of upstairs. <laughs> yeah, a few credits still pending, but definitely wow. a graduate. It's a Oh, point. shit. That's funny. But it's really Dr. like Dr. Spazzo. That's it gonna even, fuck me up. It even sounds like masturbates. Like there's nothing about it. <laughs> then of course I discovered you could just write say and then put anything in quotes and it would say it and it was I, the therapy <laughs> sessions were over. <laughs> then it was like I eat farts. Like you know, <laughs> all the highbrow stuff I could possibly enter into a computer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh how this makes me sad for your past. <laughs> <laughs> You sound like my therapist now. (laughs) Not true. Not true. Do you Uh, ever make your therapist now say farts? Yeah. I just just say, say farts. Do you ever trick them into saying it? (laughs) Yeah. I I really miss my dog, Farts. And I know she'll be like, so when when Farts left, (laughs) do you feel that? A part of you left as well. I mean, yes, definitely. <laughs> just I a just little, had, just a little bit. Yeah, I had just eaten a bowl of chili, and I remember farts got out, and <laughs> didn't take us long to find him. But that was a really tough time for all of us. I had to put so much toilet paper in the freezer. <laughs> and boy, when we found fart, when we found all those farts, <laughs> yeah. smelled really bad. Yeah. It just they, stunk. The whole they, day stunk. <laughs> the whole thing. Uh, but it, I really appreciate like the getting the rhythm on something. And maybe text to speech has gotten better. I haven't really. It's been a while since I've actually sat down and played with something like that. But it it takes a lot to of 
like sometimes it will ignore a comma, sometimes it won't, sometimes you put mm. a semicolon, sometimes a period, but the rhythm of it is really like it's a very impressive just uh technically it was really impressive to listen to. Mm-hmm. That Joseph Fink making those beats. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Do you love computer? Oh, so <laughs> creepy. <laughs> I like the way it says computer. And Megan. 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 That's okay. That's how we're now going to say your name, though, Meg. Yeah. I'd be like, Megan. 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 <laughs> computer. Computer. Um, do, do you love computer? I do love computer. <laughs> I love my my computer right now. I love. Um, I've had it for like five years, and she's the best. And Joseph keeps being like, she's gonna die soon, and I'm like, stop saying that. <laughs> yeah, that's just self fulfilling prophecy and rude. Yeah, rude. Hashtag rude. Um, so this episode was co written with our dude Zach Parsons. Yeah. Whoop. Yeah. Thanks, Zach. Thanks, Zach. You wrote something really touching, too, at the beginning. Yep. About uh, yeah. the twins being born. Yeah, about his sons and how one of his sons was unexpectedly born with Down syndrome. Um, and what, you know, kind of they they were not prepared for that when they they had him. Uh, and the the kind of their paradigm shifted because they had gone through, like they had imagined what their children's life would be like. And then, you know, that, the, that, that imagination became a reality because, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, you, you know, once you actually meet these people, uh, the, the dream kind of shifts because you get to see what their lives will actually be like. And so the episode um, he was inspired by was a little bit about that. So, yeah, I thought it was really interesting of him to, to create the episode and then also to share that in the book. And maybe that's why Megan's parents were, like, going so hard in the paint for her. Do you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. because you really do have to advocate for your child, especially when your child has a a special need or a need that is uh, some schools may not cater to that. Do you know what I mean? Like, you really have to choose the right school, first of all, for a lot of that stuff. And it can be a pain in the neck. Because you're dealing with aides and teachers and the board and superintendents and all that stuff. And you have to do it because you want your child to have the best that you can get for them. Because you want them to have every opportunity afforded to them that every other kid does. Yeah. it's. I mean, it also is a reminder that there are some ca- – like the world is has not been made for some people. Mm-hmm. That – the group, the, the dominant group in charge has decided, has made a world that is convenient to them and only to them as if to make room for and allow for different kinds of people that we can all have our needs met and all live uh, like a good quality life. Mm-hmm. It, like it, there's like a threat there to the people who are in the ruling class or the people for whom the world is made more convenient, however you want to say it, basically white people, more specifically (laughs) straight white males. Straight, white, able-bodied, cisgendered Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That that is who the world is made for. And like the idea that we have to – like it feels like a – like I think for for some people it feels like a concession and it Mm. doesn't have to be. Like there's room for everybody. And everybody yeah. should be made to – why should anybody be made to feel uncomfortable 
if they're not doing something that harms another person or that you know that we know to be morally wrong like murdering murders <laughs> uh, yeah like murders or other things that we all kind of agree is not cool like why like what would it hurt to have somebody else have opportunity or convenience or just the ability to live their version of of a normal life or a or a happy life like why why do you have to feel why should anybody feel that comes at their expense? That's the problem. Yeah, there's no scarcity for happiness, right? There's like, it's not pie. Like, if there's enough happiness to go around. And then also, yeah, I feel like being an American and living in a country that has so much opulence and wealth and opportunity and possibility that we're often really stingy with that. Because, yeah, I mean, the this this beautiful socialist idea that we can educate every child and that the government can be responsible for educating every child and doing whatever that takes to not discriminate against their experience and give them the access that they need to get the same education as the every other person it's so possible but somehow still so impossible like we have we have the resources we need we just haven't allocated them properly mm-hmm. because of the patriarchy yeah uh, I, I also think it's just like we're uh, right now, especially, I feel like we're going through this phase of like certain people are very selfish about resources. And I, I think we need to get beyond those people and having or at least having those people in charge or people that are just like so single minded about um, who should be able to have access to those things. You know? Yeah. And then they make other people believe that there's scarcity for those things when there, in fact, is not. In fact, yeah. there is opulence in those areas. But in order for them to continue to control the resources, they have to make people believe that it's their scarce. resources are in jeopardy and that it is scarce. Even though it's not. There's enough money to go around. There's enough people who are educated. We just have to hire them. And pay them yeah. money from from the money from the money pile from the money tree. Um, this is good. this episode always felt like weirdly personal to me. Well, one because my name's Megan, uh, and two <laughs> because I um, growing up I had a, a I have a learning disability called, that's called dysgraphia, which means it, it makes it difficult for you to write um, and like use your hands to communicate. So uh, when I was in third grade, I, they, I had a computer that I used to take spelling tests on, and I would like type like type out my spelling tests, and everyone else would write them, but I would type mine. Get out of here. Like, I didn't know that. It was like, yeah, this is so weird. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. So this episode always felt like oddly weird, strangely personal to me because I had like, I was like a little third grader who got to use the computer for her spelling test. Oh, Megan. 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 I love computer. You love computer? You use computer. I did. <laughs> it didn't make me a better speller. It didn't make me a better typer. It's just something that was always going to be hard for me but hey someone was like someone was paying attention trying to help me out which i appreciated yeah that's great uh when you turned the computer on did it say hello new jersey location <laughs> <laughs> i didn't. fucking hope it did that would be so <laughs> funny so anyway so yeah so megan gets the computer and it's like just talking to it and then things get start to get weird yeah Mm-hmm. because it's night fail and things get weird. And Cecil is a journalist. A journalist who 
is there to report on what is happening. And he gets caught in the crossfire. Is this the first time that he is reporting away? Because I know he's done stuff where he's like, been like, oh, I'm going to go check this out. But like, does he, he hasn't done on location anywhere before, right? He's usually been in the studio. Out in the field doing research. Yeah, it's, yeah. But he's very rarely out in the field. Yeah, he usually sends an intern or something. Mm-hmm. But he's on the scene. And then the computer starts talking to him. <laughs> and takes him captive. The, the things that are in the gymnasium that I appreciate that are described are the scoreboard, the ham dispenser, and his soundboard. <laughs> All of those things are in the gymnasium and powered by electricity. <laughs> Did your high school have a ham dispenser in the gymnasium? Uh, it did not have a ham dispenser. We did have like a zero, like a no, uh, not Xerox. What is that called? Soda machine, um, soda machine, and like um, vending machines and stuff like that. But the old part of my high school, my old high school, because uh, we split into two camp- campuses uh, after your sophomore year, but the old part had part of it had like burned down and stuff like the old gym and stuff. And I don't know. I I wish there was something cool, like a ghost or like a ham dispenser. A ham dispenser. But there was not. <laughs> it was just like a creepy old pool. Basically. That was it. Yeah. I wish we had a ham dispenser. We didn't. We just had basketball equipment. Tater tots. Tater tots. My high school had uh two gymnasiums and they were right next to each other. And one of them was called the old gym. And one of them was called the new gym. And those were their names. They were Mm. not named after anyone or anything. They were just the old gym and the new gym. And now, I mean, it's been, and the new gym was like from the seventies. It wasn't like, Oh, the new gym from, you know, two years ago, it's new. No, it was like the old gym from when they built the building in 1950 and the new gym from the, when they built the addition in 1979. Why were they right next to each other? Because they just, like, put it on as an addition. Like, That's- right next. <laughs> so you'd be like, oh, my gym class is in the old gym. My gym. And I'm like, this is just, like, such a staggering lack of creativity. Yeah, that's really yeah, that's, weird. That's bizarre. That there isn't at least somebody to, like, name it after. Do you think if you went back to your school, you would be able to, f- like, remember stuff? Like, where stuff was and stuff? Like where the ham dispenser was? Yeah, my high school was pretty tiny, so I could I remember where everything is and was. They've added stuff on. There's definitely like been some additions made since I've mm-hmm. moved on, but yeah, like I could I could find pretty much everything there. I'm sure. Oh right, you went to a school of like 200 people, right? There was 500 people at my high school. Okay. So yeah, not like a ton of kids. Now I think there's probably like seven or eight hundred kids that go there, but when I was in my day, it's just 500. Mine was like. Uh, I want to say like 3,000 kids. Wow. Over the whole, all four years. Because my mom's company built our new high school. The And I was one of the first classes to graduate from that high school. It was pretty weird um, having like 750 people in your graduating class. That's, I like, I don't know half these people. And so when people friend me on Facebook or something, I'm like, ah. Do I remember you? And they're like, I went to, we went to high school together. And I'm like, really? And they're like, yeah, we sat next to each other. And I'm like, no. Mm-hmm. Like, I never sat, I never sat in high school not once. I don't know who you were sitting next to. <laughs> I was too cool to sit. 
I had a really small school. I think there were fewer than 200 in my entire high school. My graduating Wait, class. Wait, what? Yeah, my graduating class was 39 kids. So much ham to go around. That we had so, like, if we a had a ham surplus. dispenser, oh my gosh. That was probably why we didn't have a dispenser. It was just everything was made of ham. You could just eat mm-hmm. your desk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds disgusting. Uh, we had three gyms, though. We had the main gym, we had the Hallowell <laughs> for and one, the Thode. One, one for each of you guys? like <laughs> Old money Quakers. Man, I don't yeah. know what to tell you. There's, there's wow. money flowing at that school. And then the, the old the place that was the gym was on a triangle-shaped patch of land, like off, like right, like not off campus, but the main road. We're bordered by a bunch of different roads. So one of them was like sort of across a little mini street, and that was the triangle gym. And that was where we played games in middle school and where the school plays happened until they built the theater. Okay, because the way you're describing it, I'm imagining it just being like outside. No, no, it was indoor. But it was like, it was a building that definitely was either haunted or full of corpses. (laughs) There had to be a corpse somewhere around there. And it was separate from the other part of your high school? Separate building. Separate building, a little further away, older. I mean, the school's been around since 1697. That's when it was founded. Oh, my God. Yeah. So it's definitely witches and shit. Nightvale should be doing a show at my school's theater. That place is no joke. What's the why they don't Do you have a contact for a booker? I'll get in touch. I'll find out. (laughs) I'll find out. It's uh, several hundred. I know that. That sounds good. Let's go. Let's go. Let's do a show on the Abington. Listen to me. Abington Friends School. If you listen to this and you're somehow involved with the school, can we come do a show there? I I know you have outside people do shows there. Why not us? Wouldn't it be funny if we did like um, a Night Vale like high school? Like we could just go and do our high school because my high school, high school is huge. My high school is huge. We had a. I would love to tread those boards once more. <laughs> like a conquering hero, you get to come back a conquering hero. Like hello, my people. Hello, I'm being paid to be here now. I would come out yes. like a Vita. Like once <laughs> I was one. Of, once I was one of you. Yes. yes. One of you, please. You could descend. <laughs> yes, I'll descend a, a, a staircase. Whatever set they have up is what I'm going to come down on. Yeah. Yeah. The, the last show I did there was Bye Bye Birdie. So you're going to come in on the Bye Bye Birdie set. Yeah. You'll have them rebuild it just for you. Yeah. Oh, memories. We could go do some sort of anti-bullying thing. They're very into the anti-bullying these days, yeah. I'm told. That's a big Be part best. of their core curriculum. Be best. Um, yeah, which seems like Night Vale could use a little bit of that because poor Megan Wallaby is getting bullied for being a hand. Hey, but you know what? At least she has cool jewelry. Yeah, she's got that watch with Cyrillic on it. Mm-hmm. And the ring. And the ring. The ring. <laughs> I like it. On the pinky ring, too. Yeah. Megan Wallaby is going to smack a bitch. Yeah, don't turn <laughs> that ring around. Like, seriously? Because, like, if you have a pinky ring, you've definitely backhanded somebody. Oh, yeah. That's oh, why you sure have you a pinky ring. <laughs> right? So you could be like, what'd you say? Smack. <laughs> Shut up, bitch. Smack. Smack. Mm-hmm. Um, so Dark Owl Records, they're uh putting on a concert. It's freaks this freaks me out that they're scratching at the sides of a pit and they're <laughs> screaming and starving and they will be crying and clawing. No one will hear them for days. <laughs> they will be found, but they will not be the same. Tickets are not available and never were. I'm like <laughs> I'm like, so this is basically like 
what was that girl that fell in the well? The little baby Jessica? Baby Jessica. Baby Jessica. It's like baby Jessica fell in the well and she's like, ah, but nobody ever, but they find them like later. Yeah. <laughs> and that's actually a pretty scary thing. If you like, have you ever thought if you got caught in a, if you fell in a, a hole, like in the ground, like, do you think you'd be able to get out? I haven't thought about that until this very moment and I'm visibly shaken. Yeah. That's, that's legit why I work out the way I do. Cause so you can get out of the hole. So I can get a, no, I'm serious. I talk about that all the time. If you ever come and take one of my classes, like one of my like boot camp classes or something, I do a lot of body weight exercise and things where you have to do something where you're like pulling yourself like up or like using explosive power to get up as high as you can. And like, so you could latch onto something and just yank yourself up out of a hole. Do you think you would just sit at the bottom until whoever came? I I think I haven't experienced many large holes in my life that I could fall into. Well, I I mean I imagine just like if you're in the woods or something and it was like a it's like a trap for an animal or something. Yeah, Do you know right. what I mean? And you accidentally I'm serious and you accidentally fall into it. Like they're they could be deep. Like or if oh this is the worst. Have you ever thought about if you're walking around a cemetery, which I do a lot? Um. And what if there was a fresh grave and you fell in? That's only six feet, though. I'm like 5'10". I could pull myself out I'm of that. I'm 5'2". So it freaks me out more. I think I think about it because it freaks me out. Yeah. Um, I definitely would try to fight and get out. I feel like... Do you think you'd try yelling first? Or would you yeah, try and get out? i try to yell and then i try to get... I'd mean, try to get out right away. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like, like a lot of dirt, you could just like make footholds you know what i mean you like pick in with your foot with your toe yeah it depends on depending on the conditions try to find a root i have really pointy nails so i would use them as claw yeah you have talons you have crampons (laughs) (laughs) crampon (laughs) click 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 oh i would just be done i would just slowly fade away (laughs) i'd be the skeleton they'd find (laughs) <laughs> they'd be like oh what a cool wallet no, not a survival situation i've ever thought about until now and now it's all yeah. i'm thinking about yeah well I mean, I you know i try you know i have a a fear of like falling in stuff like um that's why i don't walk over grates because mm. mm. one time i heard on the news that this woman stepped on a grate and it busted in and she fell down and she died because it was like one of those ones that's really deep, like underground. You know oh, what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Have you seen those like in the city and stuff? You can definitely see like yeah. you look down there and you're like, that's like two floors down. We walked over one recently. I don't remember if I was with I was with you or I was with I was with someone else. And we both were like, ah, that's so far down. It was like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, it was very scary. Yeah, the same thing in uh, a lot of New York where they have those doors that open. They're where everywhere, they deliver- and they're always like not well maintained too. No, no, yeah, exactly. Uh, the amount of people that have fallen down those things, people fall like, into them, like lose their limbs all the time, all the time, all the time. Yeah, um, no, ma'am. I'm afraid of um, I'm afraid of falling into the ice. I don't walk over frozen lakes a lot, but I've okay. always been like irrationally oh, afraid yeah. of falling into the ice. Hmm. 
Well, because then there's also that idea of like, once you're in there, you won't be able to get back out because it'll freeze over too fast and you won't be able to see like where the hole is, you know? Yeah. I have watched a video of how to get out though. Just punch up. Yeah. Well, you want to try to, you want to try to not freak out. Right. But but that's like a lot of things with survival. It's like, well, don't freak out. Like, how am I supposed to not freak out? Like, I can definitely, like, I'm not going to, there's no guarantee that I'm going to have my wits about me when I'm falling into freezing water. Right. Right. It's going to be shocking. He's like, number one, don't get shocked and don't do a big, like, don't inhale deeply. (laughs) I'm like, it's, I'm falling into the ice. Like, I'm, I've been afraid of this my whole life. There's no way I'm going to be like, yes, fine. Just relax. Stay cool. Like, (laughs) number two, don't get cold. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna be tempted because it's ice and it's water that's under ice. You gotta stay warm. And yeah. Positive. Number three, have you thought about not going outside of your house <laughs> ever? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a definite uh, freaky one. And uh, yet, yeah, uh, stay calm. Okay, cool. But you know, I do find that sometimes when I I get scared, I get like really quiet and kind of still like and my Mm -hmm. body just tightens up like if i'm walking as a woman at night in the city and i feel like somebody's close behind me i get like this like like hotness in my body like am i gonna have to fight someone or like yell or run or something and you want to think that you would be like level-headed and be able to like deal with whatever comes to you but who knows in a real situation but i'm going to tell you right now listeners don't fuck with me because <laughs> more oh, than yeah. likely you'll get a karate chop to the neck karate yeah. yeah i always think about that when i'm working out when i'm doing my cardio kickbox and i'm like doing my back kicks and i'm like you gotta yeah. land these back kicks because i feel like <laughs> that and like the elbows and the back kicks and yeah as a as yeah. a woman, we are always thinking about ways we might have to fucking fight for our lives. <laughs> yeah, right. Did you ever see Miss Congeniality with Sandra Bullock? Yeah, of yes. Course. Uh, remember she did like she was like sing solo flex uh, instep so- nose groin. It- <laughs> 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 exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm not like a trained fighter. Like I'm a podcaster. Like I'm delicate and gentle, and like. I mean, I would like to think that I would fight for, like, you know, fight, but there's uh, the chances are I would probably just, like, probably very quickly lose my cool. Well, I think a a well-placed scream and, like, angry face, like, really, like, vicious sort of face can do a lot of damage to people or make them at least think twice. Like, if somebody starts to grab you or something, if you just go fucking ballistic, Mm. most people will probably, like, at least, like, kind of back up a little bit yeah so be more crazy than them <laughs> that's my advice be extra crazy be so yeah. crazy here's be my so advice cool. if you're a person who is thinking about attacking another person don't do that also sound advice <laughs> and that's really all we're saying here <laughs> yeah like if you're like if you feel like you are walking up behind a woman and you want to attack her maybe you should start screaming saying i i need help <laughs> I'm going to, I'm about to do something bad. Try that. If only that worked that way. Um, And (laughs) I, I would like to think that the people that live, that live our podcast, listen to our podcast would not be the type of people to go attacking people. 
No, 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 no. I don't think that. We're sweet. They're sweet, gentle babies. I I think that they're not, they're not likely to be violent uh, towards their fellow man. I think that that's, I would hope. I, yeah, I would hope they're pretty chill. Uh, but again, you know what you should do? Like you take, just take your keys and thread them through your fingers and then stab yourself oh. if you're going to hurt someone. Okay. <laughs> yeah. If you get that, if you get that impulse to go hurt someone, just use your keys and hurt yourself so you don't hurt them. Maybe this is bad advice. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Strange. instead of self-defense classes, there should be classes to make people not have violence. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm having radical ideas at 11.42 at night on a Monday. <laughs> well, if people were nicer, we wouldn't have such a, a problem. You know, if I, I like to live by the, by the golden rule of mind your own business and don't be a dick. Yeah, you I know? like to yeah. live by the golden rule of don't rape women in parks who are going for jogs. Anyway, how did we get here? What were we talking about? I don't know. <laughs> Let's get out of here. Really, we're done. <laughs> Oh, we were talking about Dark Owl Records and like people <laughs> falling in a holes and then the other stuff that we were afraid of. So we got down on that. Anyways, the public library, the library, the Amnesty Day. Yeah, Amnesty Day. Um, do you guys ever have you ever had that? Like any overdue library books? Yeah, in middle yeah. school all the time. I couldn't be couldn't keep track of that shit. Same. Yeah. I was always very bad. I think I paid $32 for a book one time. Jesus. You know. This is a deeply embarrassing story, but why not? Um, When I was in middle school, I had middle school fines, and I couldn't get my report card. And I was like, I think I was in eighth grade, and I like needed like 50 cents. And I was like in my French class, and I was just like hanging out with my friends, and I was joking. And I like bent over and was like, hey, who wants to pay me? Um, Just like like kind of insinuating, like jokingly making sex work jokes. And uh, uh, our teacher totally saw me. And totally busted me for, you know, trying to sell myself in eighth grade French <laughs> class. And I had to have detention for five days. For fifth, So that's 10 cents a day. 10 cents a day for library fines. So For trying to sell that ass. Yep. <laughs> it was deeply embarrassing. Oh, Lord. Anyway. <laughs> Amnesty Day would have been fine. Yeah, so yeah, moving on with this episode. I love the way this episode ends. Well, I don't love the way yeah. that this episode ends, but I love the sentiment at the end of the episode. It was Cecil saying, like, Likewise, there's a girl who is only a hand, and she needs a computer to help her be a part of our community. And if allowing a treacherous machine to dismantle our municipal power grid and telephone lines and satellites and radios can help her, well, count me in. I just like that, where it's like none of the, the the satellites not important, the telephone lines and power grid they're not important. What's important is having this girl be a part of our community. That's what's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. I loved that. Megan Wallaby and the computer have taught us how to love once again. Computer. I love computer. <laughs> computer loves Ma- you, Megan. <laughs> Up next, a conversation about this episode's weather with the singer and songwriter of this episode's weather, Mal Blum. Stay right there. Good Morning Night Vale will return after a brief break. Do you have trouble getting the sleepies like I do? Having a good night's sleep, like a full night's sleep? 
let me introduce you to Feels, which is the premium CBD delivered directly to your doorstep. If you're like me and you have trouble, if you have stress, if you have anxiety, pain, or sleeplessness, then you just put a few drops of Feels under your tongue and you'll feel the difference within minutes. And if you're like me and you are new to CBD like I was, they offer a free CBD hotline to help guide your personal experience. Feels has me feeling my best every day, and it can help you too. Become a member today by going to feels.com slash good morning, and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. That's F-E-A-L-S dot com slash good morning to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. Feels.com slash good morning. That's the sound of me smelling my own armpit because I smell like a coconut vanilla cookie. And I smell like that because of native deodorant. Good Morning Night Vale is very pleased to be able to offer you 20% off of your first purchase of native deodorant by going to nativedeodorant.com and entering promo code GOODMORNING at checkout. I find myself very lucky to live in a time in history when deodorant exists. Think about how bad George Washington must have smelled and be grateful that you don't have to go anywhere near that. I don't want you to be stinky. I want you to smell great. And I want you to do that without endangering your body with harsh chemicals. Native deodorant can do that for you. Their products are naturally formulated and aluminum free. So you're not gonna be slowly poisoned by your own armpits. You're gonna have to find another way to die. And while you're finding that other way to die, you will smell great with a naturally derived deodorant that actually works. Native deodorant is not tested on animals, so no narwhals, which are real, will be injured for you to smell awesome. Visit nativedeodorant.com, use promo code GOODMORNING, and don't smell like George Washington. Welcome to our show, Malblum. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Meg Bash winner. <laughs> uh, we love having you on the road with us, Mal, and uh, we love your music, obviously. Uh, we just wanted to know, first of all, how did you find out about Welcome to Night Vale? How did I find out about Welcome to Night Vale? That's a very good question. Um, gosh, I don't remember the first time I heard about Welcome to Night Vale, but it was just a thing I knew about. Um, and I remember... I was on tour with Barrett and Audrey. It was late night drive, and I was like, you know what we should try to get into? You know what I've never listened to? Welcome to Night Vale. Uh, and so <laughs> we listened to a few episodes on the on the late night drive, and then that was the first time I listened to it. Yeah, I don't know. I was just always aware of it. Perhaps it's been with us all along. That's a good point. That's a good point. So yeah, so you're the weather on this episode. The previous weather who was on this episode has since been canceled. And you were very gracious in coming in and allowing us to use Better Go uh, to to be the replacement weather for this episode. And so those of you who uh, listened to the ep- this episode, episode 34, without having listened recently, the episode uh, now features this song, Better Go by Mal. Woo. And it this song fucking slaps. Thanks. Totally slaps. Totally fucking slaps. And Thanks. there's like a, a really like cute, there's that, what's the line in it about like, I hope your computer keeps me warm where, where I hope your computer keeps you warm where I can't, when I can't, where, what, you know the line you wrote it. Uh, yes, I did write that. Uh, it's uh, a <laughs> hope, hope your computer keeps you warm where I could not. Where I could not, which is like adorably fitting for this episode, which has the computer that talks. So um, 
that's a beautiful little bit of synergy and synchronicity in the universe. I think you were met. This song was meant to be the weather all along. Wow. Wow. Well, Agreed. yeah. Yeah. Good. Well, I get, apparently it was thanks to you and Symphony Sanders uh, campaign to, to replace the, the bad man. So <laughs> hey, sometimes people get canceled. They do bad things and you, we don't have to subscribe, you know, free will. Right. Yeah. I didn't even know. Do you want to know how I became the weather on this is jo- Joseph Fink sent me an email one line email that said, hello, a previous weather. Wait, what did he say? Something like a previous weather is a bad person or like it did horrible things and we are would like to replace it. I'm thinking better go. Are you in? And I said, <laughs> yes. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Well, thank you for, the, uh, for, for replying to an email. I know sometimes that can be difficult for all of us. So we appreciate that. And yeah, I love this song. I love this whole album. This is off of, uh, off of, you, you, what's the title? You look a lot like me. You look, there like you me. go. You look yeah. a lot like me. You look a lot, which like is a me. line from that song. Actually. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. You look a lot like me. I'll sing nope. it for everyone. That's um, so you good. Sing, I'll sing, sing the whole thing. I'm missing the whole thing. Nothing makes for better podcasting than me trying to sing that song from memory. I think you should. Then uh, there's like that bass that starts where it's like, wham, 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 wham. Oh, I know. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I was going to say. I'm just going to sing the bass line. We sat in bed, not the same bed. Mm. We were in our separate hotel beds, <laughs> Symphony and I. Symphony and I are roommates on this current tour. Just FYI for everyone who's listening to this now, this is being recorded while Symphony and I are on tour. And we are uh, the biggest sorority sisters. And each Hampton in room becomes our sorority house. I was going to say, when you're uh, like, we're listening to it in bed. I was like, things have gotten spicy on the tour since I've departed. <laughs> <laughs> no, we were in our individual beds. We were in our Lucy and Ricky beds. And... Uh, we decided to be good journalists and listen to the song. And I just remember listening to it when we listened to the episode, but then I was reminded what a baller song in the song and the intro, when the the baseline comes in, I'm just like, (laughs) wow. Thanks. Thanks. Simfo. I, you know, it's funny because like, I, I basically, I'm like, Oh, all, all my albums before 2015 are like, pretty hard for me to listen. It's like a little cringy for me to listen to, you know? And really? So, yeah. And even this one a little bit, just because I don't know, it's like, as you get older and change, it's like, I don't know. It's kind of, it's kind of hard to listen to like my old voice or like my old, you know, or just like your younger self or something. Of but, course. but it's cool hearing other people be like, this song is cool. And this is why. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like a time capsule. Yes, it is. It's like a archive. Which is a song on that album. <laughs> um, I love that album. I listen to it a lot. I listen yeah. to it when I miss you. And I listen Aww. to it when you're not near Mal. That song specifically is a really good one to work out because, again, that, that bass line is really, really dope. I like Thanks. to drive around and listen to Mal Blum and feel my feelings. <laughs> Actually, the other day we were driving in the van and your song came on, but I wasn't looking at the screen that tells you what who's playing it. And I was like, this sounds like Mal. Aw, it was. It was. It me. is. It was you. It me. I'm. I've been with you all along. So uh, it's you. It's always been you. It's always it's been you. you. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I think the fans of Good Morning Night Vale are dying to know how you, Mal Blung, a young singer songwriter, post punk genius Ooh. poet, became wow. involved with the Welcome to Night Vale team. How did, how did we find each other in this big, crazy world? 
You know, I just found out totally the other day. Remember I asked you on the Europe tour and but I know my side, but then I'll hand it over to you. You can tell your side. But my side was I saw that the, they opened the weather submissions for the podcast. They had like a really funny written up thing. I think probably Joseph wrote it. I don't know. It sounds like Joseph might have been Jeffrey. Not sure. But it's something like submit your song. Like don't it doesn't have to be like spooky and night valley. Like it can be any song. And like if we like it. <laughs> Like, time will pass, you will age, you will forget you ever did this, and we'll get back in touch with you in, like, a year, and you'll be like, oh, right, I did this, <laughs> and, like, <laughs> something like that. And actually, it was a day where I was, like, I remember I was in my apartment in New York, and I was just, like, feeling pretty discouraged from the music industry, and I was like, you know, because I, I had this huge chip on my shoulder, and I was like, oh, the music industry doesn't like me because I'm gay and I'm trans, and... You know, and but then every now and again, I would be like, maybe I'm just bad. Like, maybe my music's just bad. Like, maybe it's not because I'm gay and trans. Maybe it's because my music's bad. So I was like, kind of down on myself. And um, I was like, ah, this nothing. And I'm, I'm just, I don't know. But I was like, may as well, I'll just submit to this thing. I'll probably not get it, but like, I'm not doing anything else today. And I'll submit to it. And it's true, I forgot that I did it. And then maybe a year, six months <laughs> later, Jeffrey Craner emailed me and was like, hello, Mal, we would like to use this song for the weather, like, on this episode. Like, is that okay? Will you send us a WAV file? And I was like, hurrah! Um, <laughs> and it was cool. And it was Robert Frost. Um, Which I love that song. Thank you. I was being funny because it, that song talks about the weather. And I was like, ha-ha. Uh, <laughs> and then... Uh, yeah, then they used it for the episode. And then maybe four months later, I get an email from Meg Bashwinner being like, Hi, I'm Meg Bashwinner. I'm the <laughs> tour manager for Welcome to Nightville. We were wondering if you were available and interested in touring with us in the fall. Like, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, is this a prank? And, uh, and, but it, it, was. Was. and it was. And it was. <laughs> this whole thing now, the past year and a half has been a prank. And it was. And then I went on it's tour. It's a long con. And everybody robbed me. And... <laughs> Um, and it's been amazing and wonderful and, like, the best gig. And obviously the Night Vale fans and me have a very special connection <laughs> with each other. <laughs> and uh, But I didn't know what happened in between me submitting my song and you wanting me to go on tour with you. But Meg told me the other day. Yeah. What was I doing? <laughs> what did I tell you? What lie did I tell you? Um, no. Uh, th- th- we, were, we, were, uh, we were hunting for new weathers and we had, we really liked your song as the weather and we knew that you were Brooklyn based and you had a, a scene and a follow, you had a following on um, locally and kind of uh, you c- could stand on your own two feet as a musician as far as like you mm-hmm. toured a lot. So you had those things. And then we like, we were vetting you and we saw that you did work on Chris Gethard's show um, and we we're like, oh, they like have supported other shows in the past, like that are not music, you know, that are like something different so that they can, you know, they, they understand like what this is. Um, yeah. And we liked your music and we thought you'd be cool. And we were right. Yay. Yeah. Is that what I told you three weeks ago or whatever? <laughs> yeah. No, that is what yeah. you, you, well, basically you were like, yeah, we vetted you. We saw you did stuff on Chris Gethard. So yeah, we knew he'd be good. And you also were like, and we 
we got a sense of your personality and yeah. we thought that you would be nice to our fans. Yeah, we thought that you wouldn't, <laughs> right. that you would handle the fan relationship because yeah, it is, it is somewhat of a delicate relationship to hand over your audience that has come to see Welcome to Night Vale to another person for a half hour. Yeah. And, and you, want your, you want the fans to be excited. You want them to enjoy the music. You want them to feel welcomed. Uh, you, yeah, you want to, to have that experience for them. And you also hopefully want to give them an experience they can't get many other places. And then also, I feel like we, we've been to a lot of places around the world and not a lot of trans kids get to see trans people on stage performing for them. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that I feel like, you, you know, you as Mal is perfect in every way. So no. getting to bring you to our audience is, I think, really awesome for them and really awesome for us. So yeah, we also felt like we could trust you with our fans. Like you're a nice person and you're not going to be like, you know, whatever. Um, and you've met thousands of our fans at this point. You've given so many hugs and signed so many <laughs> autographs. Uh, what's that experience like for you? Like how, getting to meet, like, I know it's definitely like people come to you in these signing lines and they, they talk to you and they tell you in details about their lives. And you're like, Hey, I'm Mal. I don't know you. <laughs> like what's right. that like? And they give you teeth and they give you teeth. Right. Um, it's honestly, it's been awesome. Um, and I think it's really awesome that night, you know, welcome to Night Vale. Like, I, I think that's really cool that that was like a consideration, you know, that you're like trying to put, you know, queer people and trans people like in front of your audience because you know a lot of them are queer and trans, you know, it's like, it's a really cool, great thing. No, it, honestly, it's been great connecting with the Night Vale fans because like, especially I think um, interspersed with some other touring that I was doing um, around the time that I started touring with Night Vale, um, which was also like great shows, but there I was on another tour with somebody else um, and a lot of their fans were really misgendering me pretty aggressively in the signing lines and just being kind of weird. And then I started touring with Night Vale and it's like all these like really nice, um, sweet trans teenagers. And it felt like I really wanted to connect with them as much as they wanted to connect with me, um, in a way. And like, I don't know, the Night Vale fans are very special in that they're, I don't know, they're thoughtful and they're smart and they're <laughs> mostly pretty shy and like very gentle. And I don't know, like it can be, I think in terms of touring, it can be hard to sort of like hold boundaries and hold like, you know, people feeling like they know you more than you know them and telling you super personal and sometimes traumatic things um, and trying to like get, like move them through a line, but also trying to like, you know, not dismiss what they're telling you. So that can be hard. Um, But yeah, with the Night Vale fans specifically, like I think they're really funny and cool. And uh, yeah, like Symphony said, it was really funny (laughs) getting to know certain things because like I didn't know like, I don't know the whole podcast canon. So, like, they, were, they would come in costume sometimes. And, like, I would go to Symphony afterwards and be like, um, what's this costume? And, like, you know, for example, like, I was like, okay, I think I have it down. The main costumes that they do. Like, I can recognize the glow cloud. I know who Cecil is. I know who Carlos is. I know who intern Cecil is. Like, but there's this one cosplay that is, like, they're covered in blood. And <laughs> they have, like... You know, like, you know, and they're, like, usually wearing color contacts and, like, it's, like, they're really, they're really sweet. It's always, like, the sweetest people, but they're, like, look so scary. And Symphony was, like, oh, yeah, you met a Kevin. And I was, like, what the fuck is a Kevin? (laughs) And then she explained it to me. And then the other thing that's really funny is I, some things I assumed were from the podcast, like, they, a lot of the 
for some reason, and there's been like about like seven people who have brought me teeth, like not real, they swear it's not real teeth, but like, you know, sculpt, sculpted little clay teeth or like a teeth bracelet or, you know, oh, this was a Wolverine tooth, like all this teeth stuff. And I assumed it was a night veil thing, but then I like asked you about it, Meg, and you're like, yeah, that's not a night veil thing. And I was like, what? That's not from the podcast. Why are they bringing me teeth? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, there's some teeth talk. I, 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 hey, and uh, my 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 knowledge of the podcast is like it's pretty good. I'd say like <laughs> I'm a pretty decent student of it at this point. But I can't remember anything that is like gifting someone teeth or being like, "Here, I got you this handful of teeth." Uh, it's possible I've missed that somewhere along the line. It feels like a Night Vale thing because teeth is one of the one of the ma- images from Night Vale. But there's a lot of talk about like teeth and hair and spiders and like deer, like things that are weird and beautiful. Um, mm. And teeth are kind of one of the weird, a, a weird, beautiful thing. It's like a part, so sort of like can, mm-hmm. canonically a part of the imagery of the show, but not anything super specific that I have knowledge of. Not as currency. And the inside cover of It Devours is like, it's that's teeth. where we get those teeth Yeah, the, the devouring teeth. Um, Which the makes The Smiling sense. God. Like there's images. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's like the Smiling God and the... But not specifically. But not specifically, like, let's, when you see someone hand them, like, a small container of teeth, um, <laughs> <laughs> which keeps, seems to keep happening to you, which I could I guess would be, like, a bit alarming, especially because you thought maybe it was something that was a part of the show. Like, a tradition in Night Vale was to hand someone, like, a, a bracelet made of teeth, but no, maybe it's just a maltradition. Maybe they just- It's only ever happened to me at Night Vale shows, but perhaps <laughs> if, once this airs, they're going to start coming to... My show is in. You know, it's fine. Just, but, but don't bring me spiders. <laughs> I do not want spiders. <laughs> That's so. Fair. Long story short, bring mouse spiders. Do not bring me spiders, Symphony Sanders. <laughs> Would you like a tooth? <laughs> so yeah, so you've toured a lot with us. You kind of what, were in this interesting situation where we hired you to be the weather. You didn't know any of us, and then like <laughs> we we met up in Newark Airport before we were about to spend like three weeks together on this like you know touring is so such an, an intimate and personal thing. You're in the same space with these people. You do a show with them every night. You spend all day together. Um, yeah. So what was it like, kind of being thrown into that like whirlwind of all of these people? And like also Symphony, Cecil, and John and I know each other really well. We've been like yeah. we're you know. We're the Babysitter's Club, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was a Mal in the Babysitter's Club. <laughs> FYI. So that's why you fit in. Yeah. Um, I was nervous. I mean, I it was like, you know, coming coming into summer camp, you know, or something. Yeah. I was like, I hope I hope they like me. Um, you, I feel like, actually, when I met all of you, like, you were all very much, like, indicative of your personalities, like the way that I'm, like I came into Newark airport and like you were like doing work on your laptop and you were like, just like very cool and professional. And you were like, yeah, like this is when the plane's leaving. And like, yeah, let's just like sit here and do work. And I was like, cool. Okay. Um, and, um, when I met symphony, she was my roommate and she was already (laughs) in the room and she was just like, I feel like in my mind, you just like popped out and like, you were like, what's up? (laughs) Like, welcome to the room. Welcome to the room. And I was like, oh my God, cool. Um, But yeah, I mean, y'all were really welcoming, but I wonder, so it seems like, I mean, this is something that you must be used to. Like, like when you get a new weather, like you sort of are like, is it something you're aware of where you're like, oh, they're a new person walking in. So like, let's all like sort of be nice to them. Welcome them. Yeah. Like show (laughs) them the ropes, like get them, fold, fold them into the mix. Um, Symphony is yeah. actually really great at that. 
Like I she's, think so. Yeah, because like you like just like you described it. Like I'm in the airport being like, hey, great, glad you're here. That's awesome. I'm gonna be working on my laptop. Let's find out a little bit. We like chatted though. I wasn't like a cold yeah. businesswoman the whole time. I was like, what's no. your family like? Um, but Symphony is like, yeah. she's our welcoming committee. She is. She really makes well, people everyone feel welcome. I wanna get all the information. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I wanna be like, who are you? Where do you come from? Do you have siblings? Yeah, yeah. What's your deal? I should say also like there is something, I mean, I don't think you were cold at all, Meg, but there is something, I mean, after you tour so much, there is something sort of, you know what I mean? Like you, you want someone who can just be like, yeah, what's up? This is a job and we both have other stuff to do. And also, but I'm here and I like you, but like, you know what I mean? We don't have to make small talk or too much small, you know what I mean? There's something comforting and good about that, um, that you kind of need on tour, because otherwise, you know, it, it, you go crazy, I think. Yeah, because like it's not it's not vacation. So it's like we all kind of need to and because we're together all day, every day. And like you can't and we have great conversation, all of us. And we do fun things and we laugh a lot. And, but there's times where we're just like, OK, well, like I, I, I need to be alone around all of you right now. Like yeah. I know we're all in the same space, but like I have stuff I need to do or I need to like take a little me time. And so I mm-hmm. need to be. I know we're, there's six of us in this van, but I'm going to, for the, per, for this purpose, I'm going to pretend that I'm alone. <laughs> so, and, and that's okay. Yeah. It has to be just okay. be like, yeah. yeah, to be quiet and be like, Hey, I need to call my mom or like just sit here in silence and look at the ceiling or look out the window or whatever. You guys are so funny though. Also. Oh, Thank you. <laughs> I think we're like, all funny. You're funny too, Mal. The, you made me laugh so hard on that fall <laughs> tour that I had almost had to pull over. Um, what did I do? We tried to play a movie game. It was like 7.30 in the morning. We tried to play a movie game and we were all really tired. We're like, okay, let's get started. Let's name every movie that Tom Hanks was in. And we named like two movies and we, we named like Terminal in Philadelphia. And you thought that Terminal in Philadelphia were the same movie? <laughs> Yeah, because you're like it's the Philadelphia airport that he's stuck in. Um. (laughs) I thought they trapped him there. I thought it was like the government quarantined them there because because homophobia and AIDS. (laughs) So I had to pull over, and then we immediately had to stop playing that game. (laughs) (laughs) You can't play stuff like that with me. (laughs) No, it was just like that's it. That that game is won. It's won the game. We're not gonna. There's no. Oh, Hal was with us that day too. Cause Hal was like, Aww. let's play a movie game. Like this look, you know, Hal's like in good spirits being like, let's yeah. enjoy this road trip that we're on. Yeah. That sounds very Hal. I love yeah. him. Speaking of Hal, uh, when are you guys going to announce your 2020 presidential bid? Oh, I guess right now on the podcast. He's not, <laughs> wait, he's not here. Yeah. We've talked about it before. Just uh, uh, edit him in being like 2020 Hal and Mel. Just put a clip. Yeah. Have there you go. decided which one of you is going to be the president? Which one of you is going to be the vice president? It's funny because it's the opposite of what you think where we're both like, no, you be the president. You be the president. I don't want to be the president. <laughs> Maybe um, you should be co-presidents. Co-presidents. We should change We should change the constitution so that there's a co- it's co-presidents. Like, uh, I think he should be the president. Like, Hal is more likely to get elected. I don't know. You're pretty likable. Oh, thank you. You could do some magic tricks for them. That would that- <gasps> Oh, this is something you may not know about Mal, listeners. (laughs) Mal's a budding, budding amateur (laughs) magician. (laughs) I fucking love magic. I did a magic trick yesterday. (laughs) This is something you may not know about the Night Vale crew. They let me do 
One magic trick per door. <laughs> we don't abide sorcery. <laughs> yeah. Witchcraft. Oh, that's the other fun part about touring with uh, Night Vale is you're all theater people. I had never, I've never been on a tour with theater people. It's so funny. You guys are so funny. You're always doing bits. There's a lot of bits, if I'm honest. If if I'm honest, there might be too many bits. No, there's a perfect amount of bits. (laughs) If you think about it, like, we just spent so much time together. And, like, there's so many stories. And we've enveloped in our time together. Like, and just now, we're bringing in uh, a new weather. And Mm. we keep talking about you, Mal. Aww. and, And Mal's stories. Yeah. I think they're jealous. Is he jealous? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, we have to fight each other. Um, that's part of the contract is like at the end of all, at the end of the, all of the Night Vale touring, all the weathers go into a dome. It's a cage match. So. Oh, man. <laughs> that's the transition. Oh, man. My, my money's on Erin McKeown. Yeah. She's, uh, yeah. she's small and fierce. She's feisty. Yeah. I would never fight Erin McKeown. She would destroy me. Yeah. <laughs> She's like a, a yeah. She's like a clean machine. Also, doesn't um, she play like those like hollow body guitars? Yes. Yeah, those are. So I would want to get hit with one of those. Yeah. Oh wait, are you are you imagining that everybody uses their own instrument? To infer- <laughs> Eliza Rickman throws a toy piano at you. <laughs> <laughs> That's that sounds like something that would happen to me in my life. Yeah. That sounds like something that has happened already. But I mean, I don't know Eliza Rickman, but I'm surprised no one has thrown a toy piano at me. Jason Webley will try to strangle you with an accordion. Oh, yeah. Oh, Jason Webley with his accordion would be, I feel, I mean, he'd just be hopping around. I feel like he'd be like upside down, <laughs> upside down in the cage. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, he's pretty, he's got some circus tricks in him. He definitely does. Yeah, yeah. That seems about right. Oh, oh yeah. He'd be emceeing. So this episode came out in 2013. What was Mal doing in 2013? What was your life like? What was I doing in 2013? I was maybe breaking up with my college girlfriend, possibly. Uh, It was maybe right before I went back to therapy and realized that I (laughs) had clinical depression. Um, Really fun, fun stuff there. and uh, what was I doing? I can't remember. This might have been the time because there was like a maybe one and a half year period after college where I was trying not to be trans anymore. So maybe this was right after that where I was like, ah, crap, I'm probably trans, but I'm not ready to like admit that to other people again. Uh, I think I was working as a barista. There was a time, it's hard to remember. Okay, yeah, I think, because there was a time where I was teaching toddler music classes. <laughs> but oh. that was like 2001. Why have we never heard about that? Uh, I don't know. I got tails. You I got blacked tons it of out. Tails. Oh, no. I got tons of tails in here. Mm. I just, I'm always talking about, I'm always talking, you know? It's like, I, there's just always more. Uh, but I think that was 2011. I think I was playing college shows as my main source of income and then 
working as a barista on the side. So, but I had like a, I would go do the NACAs, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. 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 So NACA, which would, is, what does it stand for? It's like, it's where like you go to a convention where all of the colleges are like the college talent buyers are there. And they're really just like student organizations who have like huge budgets to come bring yep. musicians and co- comedians in. And so like, it's like a big kind of expo for that. Yeah. So you go and you go on the stage and you, and it's all people who like, you know, sound traditionally conventionally good and they have nice voices and they do like you know Jonas Brothers covers or whatever and they're like mostly like most of the people that get booked are like pretty straight white boys with guitars honestly and so you know I would go out there and like they'd be like you gotta you gotta work a cover and I'd be like I'm not that's not my thing whatever so then you play for 15 minutes and you try to like curry favor with them and then you can walk out of there with like you know, eight college gigs and then pay your rent for, you know, a year and a half. And so that's what I, that's what I was doing, uh, that and, you know, making coffees, I guess. What were you doing? That was 2013. I was a neo-futurist, mm-hmm. neo-futuring, selling insurance, yeah. living with Joseph Fink in a studio apartment on Bedford Avenue above a subway restaurant. What was Symphony doing? That was six years ago. Yeah. What was I doing? I know it's hard to remember, right? You were probably fitnessing, yeah. Oh, you know what? I was doing a lot of circus. Yeah, I was about to go to circus school in a year. But like I was just um, doing fitness stuff and having confusing relationships. Yeah. Um, So when did you when did you make this album? When did when were you making you look a lot like me? And what was going on in your life at that time? Like shortly, I think shortly after this, actually, maybe that's what I was doing in 2013 because it came out in 2015 and you need at least six months lead time. So it had to have been done in 2014. So it might have been right before I I recorded this album. So this You Look A Lot Like Me was my fifth album, like fifth full album. And the first time I could get a label to sign me. So that might have been when I when I signed the record signed. I mean, it's like a no contract label, so like signing is in quotations right now. But um, that might have been when I set. You know, we decided that I would put the re- a record out with them, and they they were pretty involved in the last record with it, as far as like um, I didn't have a manager or anything at the time, and I didn't really know. I, I knew I wanted like a producer on it, and I didn't know who, so. They set me up with Marissa Paternoster from Screaming Females. Um, and then we uh, basically, like, you know, we recorded it in, like, four days. Um, and, but then we went to Marissa's grandma, like, in a studio. But then I went to Marissa's grandma's house, like, for, like, a few weeks to do, like, guitar and vocal overdubs. Um, and then we mixed it in Philly, where... I met a lot of people. I'd never really spent much time in Philly. And then that's when I met my current bassist, Barrett. Um, And now it's funny because, like, half my band lives in Philly, you know. So you go to the Philadelphia airport a lot. (laughs) I try to avoid that airport because of its historical homophobia. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite part of that was you trying to be like, Mal, no, that's a totally different move. I was like, no, it's the Philadelphia airport. You're like, no, it's terminal. Like, that's not, it has nothing to do with AIDS. And I was like, well, why is he in the airport? And then, like, (laughs) why do they, because, because, no, but actually, though, why is he the only one in the airport? Why do they, 
why do they not let him out? In Terminal? In the movie yeah. Terminal? Yeah. Um, it's like, because he's some sort of, like, he's like, um, he has to, like, expatriate. Because he's, like, some sort of, I think he's, like, fleeing from some sort of oppressive. I never saw a Terminal. So this is me oh. trying to describe the plot of the movie I never saw. But he's, like, I think he's fleeing from uh, some sort of, like, someplace he has to expatriate from. I wish Hal was here. Hal has seen every movie. Yeah. yeah. You understand my confusion, though. Like, I it's do like not. He's... Absolutely do not. <laughs> it would be, like, confusing Splash and, like, Apollo 13. Like... <laughs> Splash is the mermaid movie, right? Yes. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> With Daryl yeah. Hannah. I think um, a couple episodes ago, this is totally cold and we didn't ask you to do this and you can totally say no, but I do think a, a couple episodes ago we asked, we, we told the audience that you might be able to do a poem for us, like do the um, oh. the Ghost Hunters poem. <sighs> yeah. Well, That's okay. That's my favorite. Oh. Um, the only thing about <laughs> that is that the poem is on my phone, which I'm recording on. So if I pick it up and read it, it might... I don't know how well that'll come out. How about um, this? Here's what, what I remember about it. Yeah, you do it from memory. <laughs> and then and then you fill in the blank. You would probably know it. I think if we started to, you'd know it. Okay. You think? I've yeah. never been able to do poems from memory, oddly, which is funny because I do songs from memory, right. obviously. It starts out, I watched a shitty television program called Ghost Adventures. Ghost wow, Ghost, you yes. know it. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. I watched a shitty television program called Ghost Adventures. I, no, I think it's I like to watch it. I, I like to watch a shitty television program called Ghost Adventures. Ghost Adventures. Uh, and it's hosted by you know Zach Bagans. Zach Bagans. We're in a dominant television personality named Zach Bagans taunts ghosts and wears tight black t-shirts. Uh, what comes next? I can't remember if the next thing I do is... I can look it up. Do you want me to look it up? Look it up. I mean, we're making excellent podcasting right now where we tried to do something from memory. <laughs> I think it's even better. Like, how about uh, you try to do that from memory and I'll try to do Better Go, your song from memory at the same time, and that'll be the mashup. Okay. You want to do that? No. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that would be terrible podcasting. Yeah, I liked I started doing poems like halfway through, and then you were like, you like changed your intro of me to be like, get their songs and their poetry. I was like, there's nowhere to get my poetry. That's just Not something yet, I started Mel. doing. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. Write a book. Let's get our chat book. I am. I am gonna I'm gonna start working on that after the, the new album comes out, actually. That's my next thing I wanna and do. And when is that, Mal? So Mal's not gonna be able to tell you, but there might be more music for them from them in the future. So sign on to your what's that called? Mailing list? Yeah. Go to Malblum.com. Yeah. Wow, there you go. Right, nice. <laughs> um uh, are you ready to read your poem? I'm ready, yeah. <clears throat> Ghost Adventures by Mablum. I like to watch a shitty television program called Ghost Adventures, wherein a dominant television personality named Zach Bagans taunts ghosts and wears tight black t-shirts. He yells things theatrically to the camera like, bring it on, and you wanted us, you got us. I watched six episodes on a layover between Charlotte and Detroit. A stranger picks me up at the airport. When I tell her about ghost adventures, I refer to it as kitschy and fake, and then I sleep in my hotel room with the lights on. And then I usually pause here because then they laugh there. <laughs> I watch another three episodes after I get home in an effort to turn off my brain because I don't want to admit to myself that there's a possibility that I cannot turn off my brain of my own accord because it is my brain and it should theoretically do as I will to, and besides which I don't want to take the medication the psychiatrist prescribed to me earlier in the week. Meanwhile, Zach Bagans is taunting ghosts. Zach Bagans, brilliantly dressed in his tight black t-shirt and bravado. 
a perfect performance of American masculinity if ever there was one. This was funny because they only laughed at this in Europe and Canada. They do not laugh at that line in America. (laughs) (laughs) Too close to home, right? Yeah. Interesting, interesting little study that I did on stage. Uh, I don't know what I'm performing, but I wonder if Zach Bagans takes comfort in projecting his demons onto fake ones he can shout at. I wonder if he fixates on death. If after the cameras go off, he goes home to his roommates and his dog and suffers from obsessive thought patterns and depressive episodes until the next episode of Ghost Adventures airs. Probably not. Zach Bagans isn't afraid of death. Most likely because of his muscles. And or his belief in postmortem existence, which I do not believe in because I don't believe in anything. Except, of course, my latest compulsive conviction that if I don't leave existential evidence that I was here and connected with other human beings while I was alive, nobody will ever know once I am dead except for Zach Bagans and his stupid fucking t-shirt. <laughs> Yay. That's the poem. Thank you so much, Mal. Thank you for your yeah, poem. Of course. Thank you so much for joining us on Good Morning Night Vale. Mal, we really appreciate you having us. Thank you all for listening. As always, we appreciate it. We appreciate those of you who are patrons, those of you who are not. You know where to go, patreon.com forward slash goodmorningnightvale for all the extra goodies. Next up is Lazy Day when we return and we will hear thoughts from Night Vale listeners. We're going to get some theories, some questions, and comments all rolled into one. So until then, good morning, Night Vale. Good morning. Good Morning Night Vale is a Night Vale Presents production. It is hosted by Symphony Sanders, Hal Lovelin, and Meg Bashwinner. It is edited by Grant Stewart. It is mixed by Vincent Cachione. It is produced by Meg Bashwinner. Theme music by Disparition. Special thanks to our guest this week, Mal Blum. Leave us a voicemail at 929-277-2050 or email us at info at goodmorningnightvale to share your theories and ask questions or to tell us which host you're thinking of asking to prom. This show is powered by our patrons like Elizabeth Jackman, Nicole Makepeace, Kristen Spengeman, Julie Steiger, and Jay Conant. If you're interested in supporting this show in exchange for lots of fun, exclusive, hyper-cool kid content, like having your name mispronounced in our credits, check us out at patreon.com slash goodmorningnightvale. For more information on this show, go to goodmorningnightvale.com and follow us on Facebook and on Twitter at Nightvale Chat. Special thanks to Christy Gressman, Jeffrey Craner, Joseph Fink, and Adam Cecil. Today's adverb is gleefully. The birds gleefully sung outside of her window because birds have no fucking respect for audio-based media. High above Paris, near the very top of the Eiffel Tower, here an all-new adventure featuring this janitor. I can come. These stagehands. Jack! Letitia. And this drunken, out-of-control diva. Flattery will get you nowhere except my dressing room. The Orbiting Human Circus in Naughty Till New Year's. Listen now from WNYC Studios and Night Vale Presents.